Introducing sun mythology from all over the globe, here on the Colored Folklore Podcast. Episode 17, North America, Sunbearer, God of the Navajo Nation. Once, very long ago, there was first man and first woman, and they happened to be going for a walk. Not too long after their journey began, they saw a black cloud dip low behind a mountain. Having never seen a cloud so close to the land, they decided to investigate. Upon cresting the mountain, they discovered an infant. The two quickly realized this baby girl was a gift from the gods. Her father must be Sky God, and her mother must be Earth Goddess. Determined to see that she was well taken care of, the two brought her home. Less than a month later, the baby had matured into a full-grown woman. Seeing this miracle come to fruition, her two adoptive parents named her Changing Woman. Teaching her everything they knew, First Man and First Woman instilled in Changing Woman valuable skills about how to care for herself and the land, how to provide for the community and for her family. As quickly as she had grown up, she became as adept at tilling the land as she was in the art of self-defense. Not long after, a young man came upon the family. Handsome and polite, genuine and well-meaning, the youth was enamored by Changing Woman. Asking if she might go for a walk with the young man, her adopted parents smiled and nodded knowingly. She could absolutely take care of herself. And... She was her own woman. The mysterious young man and the young goddess sauntered into the woods, hand in hand, shyly smiling at one another, as first man and first woman watched from the doorstep. As the day continued on, changing woman still hadn't returned home, so the two went into the woods to look for her. Discovering two pair of footprints leading to a tussled bed of leaves, her adopted parents grew concerned. Suddenly, a brilliant ray of light shone from the heavens onto that very spot. First woman looked up at her mate with tears in her eyes, but joy in her heart. Their adopted daughter had decided to accept the son as her lover. As brief as their days together had been, it was time the goddess ventured out into the world, and it seemed that was exactly what she was planning to do. Sunbearer finished the final touch in building their new home and took a step back. He asked his wife, Changing Woman, how it looked from below, and she told him it looked just like her husband. Perfect. Sunbearer swept the sweet talker into his arms and spun her around their floating home. This magical, turquoise house sat above the waters to the west. He had explained to her his family business. Every night, his father, Night Carrier, would hoist the moon onto his back and carry it across the sky. Every day, Sunbearer would hoist the sun on his back and follow his father's path before him. For as long as he could remember, Sunbearer and Night Carrier trudged the long distance, keeping the celestial bodies in motion. One day, 
Sunbearer decided they deserved a break, and he invented something called a horse. Now they could ride across the sky, and when he felt festive, he would clasp the sun like a shield in front of him. Regardless of how he traveled, this meant he would be unable to spend days with his wife, and his knights would probably see him too exhausted to keep company. Having finished with their dream home, he gave her a kiss goodbye and began walking away. At first, Changing Woman was ecstatic. She kept busy on her own with the house and the water and the lovely mystery of being married to the sun. Soon, though, she grew lonely. As the summer days waned, she noticed her dress begin to change of its own accord. Faded and frayed, her dress was aging rapidly. Staring into the rippling water below, she noticed she was aging as well. Getting much older every day, Changing Woman was stooped and gray by the end of the year. Tisking to herself, she commented that this just wouldn't do. Bravely walking out over the water to the shore, she continued walking toward the east until she ran into a younger version of herself walking right back toward her. Smiling at herself, she embraced the youth and saw it return the gesture. Melding into one, Changing Woman, fully renewed, made her way back to her home to start the year anew. No less lonely than she was the year prior, Changing Woman was determined to find herself some company. She used some flakes of her own skin to fashion a number of people in her own image. This is how the Navajo Nation came to be. Loving and admiring of their creator, the men, women, children, and everyone in between and beyond had wonderful times and made plenty of incredible memories with their goddess. Year after year, Changing Woman would begin the year festive and in her prime, and end the year weary and well-aged. This earned her the name among her people of Self-Renewing One. One day, she was basking in the waters near her house when her husband looked down at her from the sky. He shone brightly down upon her, and she slightly gasped as she felt her husband's hand caress her cheek. Sensing an immediate change in her body, she made her way to the shore, where the Navajo people were delighted to see their goddess was with child. Giving birth to twin boys, alien godslayer, and child of the water, Changing Woman had never felt such joy. Much like she had done when she was younger, the first time she was younger, her sons grew exceptionally fast, and within days, the boys were running around the village. Play fighting with one another, she could already tell they were going to be incredible warriors, which upon reflection made her think of her beloved. One day while the boys slept, she stole away from them and went out into the yard. She looked deep into the west at her turquoise dream home and then gazed up at her husband trudging through the sky. Sighing deeply, she knew what needed to be done. Opening her mouth to tell her husband goodbye, she paused as she felt the ground begin to shake. She looked over her shoulder at the source of the commotion. Watching villagers stream past her in terror, Changing Woman saw what was heading toward the village, and it was all the goddess could do not to scream out in fright.
Turning back around to the long day ahead of him, Sunbearer slightly drooped his shoulders. He already missed his wife. He knew he had just said goodbye, but he couldn't get the goddess off his mind. Having just finished building their dream home, he was excited to get back home later on that night. At the end of a long day of moving the sun across the sky, he got home to his wife and he could barely keep his chin up. He assured her he was only going to rest his eyes. And then, well then, he would be all hers. The next thing he knew, his father was knocking on the door, telling him he was already late. Wincing, Sunbearer snuck out of bed and kissed his goddess on her forehead before starting up another long day. This went on day in and day out for a very long time. Soon, Sunbearer wasn't spending that much time at the house, even during the night. His wife would be fine. She wasn't as young as she used to be. She was napping more and more, and he was sure she was keeping busy with... stuff. So he continued to work, rest, start all over again. And before he knew it, he realized he was a little bored. This worried him. The last time this had happened, he turned himself into a young human man after a nice young goddess caught his eye. Just like the time before that. And of course the time before that. Well, this time would be different. It was the winter, so he had a little more time to spend at home. Only when he went looking for Changing Woman, he couldn't find her. Hmm, must have gone out for a walk, he thought to himself so he went out to do the same. Making his way deep into a land that he actually wasn't that familiar with, he stumbled upon a staircase leading deep into the ground. Treading carefully down the stairs, Sunbearer walked into a dim, seductively lit chamber that was dressed ceiling to floor in the finest silk he'd ever seen. Lounging on a luscious canopy bed was the ever-changing shape of what appeared to be an eight-legged woman. Or was it a two-legged spider? Sunbearer didn't ask. Beckoning the god with a crooked finger and a wicked grin, Sunbearer made his way to the canopy and found he was no longer bored. Putting his clothes back on and walking up the stairs, Sunbearer was smiling to himself. Re-energized, he was ready to collect the sun and start his day at work. A shrill laugh rose up behind him and stopped him in his tracks. Spider-Woman covered herself in a thin gown and shook her head. No good will come of this, she hissed. Sunbearer shrugged. We're gods. What good comes of anything that we do? She waggled a finger. It's not what we've done. It's what he will do. She lovingly caressed her stomach, and Sunbearer froze. Spider-Woman tilted her head back and laughed. He'll be a giant, you know. He'll be a titan and rain destruction down everywhere and on everything. Oh, I do know, Sunbearer boasted. He's my son. Of course he'll be unstoppable. However, even as he turned around, Sunbearer was devising a plan. Something capable of conquering humankind was acceptable. And even potentially admirable. But what if that something was able to challenge the gods? Sunbearer might have to do something about that. It wasn't too long into his day when he noticed his wife basking in the water, and he realized how he came upon his current dilemma may also be its solution. Allowing the sun to shine down upon his wife, his godhood flowed into the changing woman, 
and immediately ensured he would have not one, but two potential weapons to be used in what he assumed was an upcoming battle. There, he said, wiping his brow and continuing forward. Now that this little issue has been taken care of, let's see what we can do about this boredom. Changing woman forced herself to snap to attention as the fearsome creature strode into the village. As tall as the largest tree she'd ever seen, it was covered in razor-sharp scales with shifting knives, no, shifting swords, all over its body. Its forehead bore a disc of agate, shimmering over two hateful eyes that seemed focused solely on changing woman. She wanted nothing but to protect her sons, and in an instant, knew that running from this beast would spell disaster. Stopping just before her house, the monster roared, Bring me the children! Changing Woman folded her arms and calmly replied, You're going to have to be more specific than that. You're in the middle of a village, you know. The beast blinked away its surprise. It obviously was not used to being chided. There are two, one called Water and one called God Killer. I, too, am a god. Let him try to kill me. Changing woman coolly waved her hand at the monster. There are no children here such as these. You have the wrong village. The monster lifted two bald fists and bellowed, Are you not changing, woman? Is this not the Navajo Nation? Chin held high, she responded, Yes, and yes. But as for children, I have none. The creature scoffed. All the pathetic little footprints in the clay around your home beg to differ. Changing woman rolled her eyes. I teach children how to live off the land, how to provide for themselves, and how to use their manners. That last one alone means you might want to think about taking one of my classes. Nostrils flaring, the beast ripped off the top of her home, and they both screamed. Running into the house, she witnessed collapsed walls, destroyed possessions, and nothing more. Her scream died in her throat, and the creature narrowed its eyes. Tossing the roof aside, it peered among the remains of the village. If you ever run across these tiny little godlings, tell them Big Monster is looking to relieve them of their lives. Turning on its heels, the monster stomped away, and after some time, an eerie quiet settled over the village. Once she was sure the creature was gone, Changing Woman ran from her home, screaming the boys' names. Emerging from beneath the bush outside their bedroom window, the boys ran and hugged their mother. Child of the Water lay in his mother's arms, sobbing, and alien godslayer looked at the destruction wrought to the village. With fire dancing in his eyes, alien godslayer told his mother that this was all their fault. He knew Big Monster was looking for them. They could have, they should have Child of the Water leapt from his mother's embrace. They would have died. They couldn't fight a mountain-sized monster. All they had were play swords. How would they even... But Alien Godslayer was already thinking ahead. His brother was right. In order to right this wrong, they would need weapons. But not just any weapons. In order to slay a monster, in order to earn his birth name, they would need something capable of killing a god. 
All three helped put the village back together nearly every waking moment of their days. From searching for those missing, to housing and helping those displaced, all three couldn't focus on Big Monster, because their focus was on helping the survivors. As the village appeared to be well on its way, the brothers, now strapping young men, turned to each other and nodded. It was time. That night, they snuck away as their mother slept away the day's exhaustion. Neither of the boys were proud of what they would have to do, but they knew their mother would never allow it. Helping the villagers, they had heard all sorts of theories and rumors about where the beast had come from and how to do away with it. Nearly everyone seemed to fear and respect this oracle in the woods. It was rumored that a staircase would lead down to her lair, and if someone were lucky enough to find that staircase, they'd be treated to visions of the future. They made their way deep into the woods, traveling as fast and as far as they could. Once they found the staircase, they realized that even if they weren't looking for it, they were pretty sure they wouldn't have been able to miss it. What once could have been said to be a stealthy staircase was now a gaping maw. Steps crumbled, and trees had been knocked asunder. The men looked at each other and pursed their lips. Heading carefully into the cavern, they heard gentle coughing. Rushing to what they thought was a person in need, they came upon an older woman under mounds of spiderwebs. Her eyes rolled in her head, and she looked very weathered. Bringing her out from under the webbing, the boys laid her on the floor. She looked at the two men and rapidly blinked. Realizing something, she laughed a dry laugh, which developed into a cough. You look so much like him. I couldn't tell if I were dreaming or not, she whispered. The men looked at each other, and then at her. Who was she talking about? Your father, of course, said a very aged spider woman. The men gasped. They hadn't spoken with their mother about their father. To be frank, when would they have even done so? A lot had happened in a little bit of time. Spider-Woman waved her hand. There wasn't time to gawk. Their father was the sun. They were gods. And Big Monster is their... She looked into their faces. I was wrong. Big Monster is the scourge of everything. After it was born, it, it used me to bring forth more like him into the world. Child of the Water's mouth dropped open. You mean it's not the only one? Spider-Woman shivered. Not anymore. Alien Godslayer simmered. We came to you to find out how to kill it. Spider-Woman closed her eyes tightly, those words giving her a moment of pain. She sighed and told the boys to see their father. Their father would have the weapons they would need to kill these aliens, these demons, these monsters. She plucked two feathers from her headband and gave them to the men. She bade them to wear them in their headband, and they would be effectively immortal. She told them she wished she could give them more, but this must be enough for now. She warned them, from this point forward, do nothing without that feather in their headband. They nodded solemnly, and she closed her eyes. Her ragged breath evening out, the men stole away into the night, giving her the chance to rest. Watching the sun just beginning its trek through the sky, they took off simultaneously determined to finally meet their father face to face. Alien Godslayer and Child of the Water headed west, hoping to cut their father off before he dipped too low in the sky. 
As the sunbearer finished his journey for the day, his sons were still quite a ways away, and they realized they had a long journey ahead of them. Walking for days, they reached a vast body of water. Alien Godslayer threw his hands in the air and plopped onto the ground in defeat. Watching their father exit the sky once again, Child of the Water looked at the body of water and back at his father fleeing the sky. Alien Godslayer asked, Well, what do we do now? Child of the Water grinned. Brother, just as you've been fleet-footed on land, so too have I felt at home in the water. And I can tell you, something has changed. Stepping onto the water as if it were an extension of the land, Child of the Water spread his arms wide. Alien Godslayer ran out to join his twin brother, and the two did not stop running. It seemed the feathers allowed them to do a few other things as well. Continuing to run throughout the night and into the day, the brothers ran past exhaustion, determined to catch the elusive Sunbearer. They finally came upon what appeared to be a floating turquoise house. They paused. Something about this seemed familiar. Just as they were about to approach the house, newly installed guardians roared with disapproval. A giant bear, alongside a gigantic snake, prevented the men from entering the door. The brothers insisted they were children to Sunbearer, and the giant beast laughed. If they were truly the children of gods, they would have to prove it. And without a second further, the two beasts attacked. Alien Godslayer was thought to be the greatest hunter alive, and Child of the Water was thought to be the greatest fisher person on the planet. With the prospect of finally meeting their father, saving all of humanity, and rendered immortal by feathers in their headband, the Guardians never really stood a chance. The men made entrance to the home that, unbeknownst to them, was built by their father for their mother. Lounging within the floating home were the current members of the Sunbearer's court, the God of Daybreak, the God of Nightfall, and the spirits of two women who were who helped the Sunbearer manage his boredom. The court was just as surprised to see the two men as the men were to see the court. Before the twins could announce who they were, the sound of hooves and the neighing of a horse could be heard approaching the home. The women tried to spirit the men away, but they refused to comply. Why should they hide from their father? The women gasped. The god's jaws hit the floor. And the door swung open as the sunbearer walked into the room. Hanging up the sun on a peg next to the door, the sunbearer asked his court why there were intruders in his home. Before they could answer, the two godlings announced who they were. Staring blankly at the two, the sunbearer erupted in laughter. These two feeble men were not his children. There was just no way. The court nervously laughed at the exchange, but they took a few steps back all the same. He turned to the twins. I'll tell you what, I'll present you with three challenges. You pass these, and I'll hear you out. These trials can only be survived by a god, so this is your last chance to bow out. The twins looked at each other. They knew their father had just lied to them. The Sunbearer was planning on killing them no matter what they did. But they didn't have a choice. They needed weapons. If this is how they were to get them, then they would just have to... Sunbearer grabbed the two men and tossed them out the window. Landing on a pair of jagged rocks below, they were impaled and were unable to move. They couldn't reach each other, and they couldn't get off the sharpened rocks by themselves. 
Sunbearer stuck his head out the window. If you're still alive the next time I check on you, you'll have passed the first test. For now, I've got to get some sleep for work tomorrow. Have a good night. It wasn't until the next night, around the same time, Sunbearer stuck his head back out the window. Expecting to see bloated, dead bodies, the god was surprised to find the two men. Wait, were they sleeping? Listening carefully, he could hear steady breathing and just a hint of a snore. The two men had been running nonstop for days, and getting impaled forced them to sit still. With the feathers on their person, there was no threat of them dying, so they had finally gotten the chance to rest. Sunbearer murmured to himself, that's actually pretty impressive. Scooping the two men off of the rocks, he took them to the hottest sweat lodge of the gods. The steam in this building was hot enough to make the sunbearer sweat uncontrollably, and this god literally carried the sun on his back. Thinking a few hours in the lodge would reduce the men to atoms, sunbearer did not rest this evening and instead waited to see their fate. Opening up the lodge, the men smiled at sunbearer and bade him to join them. Sunbearer narrowed his eyes, only for a moment, before breaking out into a wide smile. You two must be my children. Only the gods could have survived those two challenges. Here, come celebrate with me. What about the third challenge, protested Child of the Water? Sunbearer waved it away. Never mind that. Here, smoke this pipe with me. Producing a mesmerizing turquoise pipe, the three sat down where they stood and Sunbearer began to pack the pipe. Alien Godslayer and Child of the Water heard a tiny, pleading voice from in between them. Looking down, the two saw a caterpillar waving at them. It was their great-grandfather, and that pipe was the third challenge. The boys looked at each other and shrugged. They tapped the feathers in their headband and were about to turn away when the caterpillar screamed for their attention. It told them the poison in that pipe was powerful enough to kill anything, protective totem, or not. They had to put the caterpillar in their mouths or they would never pass the third challenge. The men looked at each other in despair. The caterpillar assured them they hadn't seen the last of him. He wasn't called the talking god for nothing. Winking up at the men, at his descendants, at the gods, the caterpillar insisted that they hurried. The boys scooped up the caterpillar and put a portion in each of their mouths, no sooner than Sunbearer presented them with a packed, smoking pipe. Smiling widely, their father insisted that they went first. Sighing gently, the godlings each took a long pull from the pipe before exhaling an exotic cloud of white, swirling smoke. All three of them sat with bated breath. Sitting for what felt like hours, their father began to smile. He began to actually smile. He told them, I don't know how you did it, but you did it, and that's what's most important. He slapped them on the shoulders. Welcome home, sons. Booming through the door of the turquoise home, Sunbearer had his arms around each of his sons, and they were all smiles. The men were blushing with sheepish grins, and the Sunbearer was singing praises of how the two had conquered each challenge before them. He told them that they didn't just deserve a seat in his court, 
They both deserved a reward. Opening a door on the eastern wall, the two men looked out and saw a herd of horses grazing on a field. Staring at the doorframe, they realized this was a portal to another land and that their father was offering them an unlimited number of horses. They told him that he was too kind, but no. Sunbearer nodded his head and shut the door. Walking to the southern wall, he opened another door into a room with the finest clothing they had ever seen. Politely declining, once again, their father tilted his head to the side before opening his eyes wide and rushing to the western wall. Opening that door gave way to a vault of gems, some of which they had never even seen before. All they could do was slowly shake their heads no. With time running out before he needed to pick up the sun and head back out the door, Sunbearer sighed softly and asked his sons what he might be able to give them. They stood up straight and told their father this is exactly why they made the journey. There were monsters running about the land. They needed to protect their people, and in order to do that, they needed the weapons of the gods. Sunbearer's eyes danced wildly, and his heart swelled with pride. This was the moment he foresaw. The corners of his mouth flickered upward, and he slowly walked to the front door. Opening it up, instead of looking out onto the ocean, the men saw an endless void with two weapons hovering in front of them. In front of Alien Godslayer floated an indestructible bow, alongside a quiver of lightning bolts. Pulling an arrow out of the quiver, he was confused. There were four lightning bolts when he saw the quiver. He took one out, and there were still four bolts. He looked at Sunbearer, who closed his eyes and nodded. Slinging them onto his back, he looked at his brother. There was a large knife in front of Child of the Water that seemed to ripple and sheen. Reaching out for it, his father told him, Be careful. That's made from sunlight. It'll cut anything. Turning towards their father, they all exhaled deeply. Grabbing the sun from the peg, Sunbearer shut the door, and when he opened it again, they were looking out onto the ocean, and a giant blue steed pawed and snorted. The three of them looked at one another once more. They each knew they had a destiny. They could own it, they could be shackled to it, they could do right by it, or they could do right by others. They knew they had much to talk about, but that would have to wait for another day. Sunbearer nodded gently and mounted his horse. The boys nodded back, stared at each other, and began racing home, to their true home. They knew they would always be welcome at their father's, but that was where he chose to stay. Not them. They had a people to protect and to lead, a mother to love and to honor. And with that, they were off, racing each other back to their village. Sunbearer started his horse at a trot, watching his plan, watching his sons head off to kill the monster he also brought into this world. His life, his family, was rather complicated if he didn't say so himself. Taking off into the sky, he couldn't help but break out into a laugh. He absolutely wouldn't have it any other way. And according to the Navajo Nation, that is just the beginning of a story detailing adventures between Sunbearer and his monster hunting children.
All elements used for today's show are in the show notes, alongside contact information for the show. Have a wonderful day, and please make sure to treat yourself and others with kindness. Please seek out, ingest, and preserve local and global indigenous folklore as much as you can. And thank you for listening today. We look forward to seeing you next episode.